We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Getting closer and closer. It's almost here. Championship weekend, Pearl Off. I know you're feeling nervous. I can tell. I know you now. And I can tell you're feeling nervous about your Philadelphia Eagles hosting the San Francisco 49ers. This line has not moved at all. Steadfast Eagles minus two and a half expecting a really, really tight game here. And I know why, because these two teams are incredibly evenly matched. I mean, Jalen Hurts definitely gets the nod at the quarterback position, but all over the field, it's just two incredibly talented rosters. Both teams are well coached, and I can tell you're nervous. Why do? Why would you think I'd be nervous? I mean, there's no way the Eagles are losing this game. Oh, wow. I just don't want to say okay. that. Mm. It's an evenly matched team at every spot, and I don't even think the quarterback's that far off. I think Brock Purdy's playing great, but the game is where Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The last time there was an NFC title game in the link, what happened? Nick Foles won. They destroyed the team across from them. How is San Francisco going to go across the country and play at 3 p.m. and win in that stadium? Well, they have the number one defense, San Francisco does. We know defense travels. Hmm. They have playmakers, as many as the Eagles do, and maybe even a few more. Their offensive line, maybe not as good as the Eagles, but full of talent. And... They probably get the nod for the better coach, even though Shanahan has some high-profile meltdowns. I mean, I think we would probably say give the nod to him over Sirianni. Yeah, that's all great, but let's uh, talk about the Eagles crowd there. Oh, okay, that you're going to start throwing batteries at no uh, Fred it's Warner? It's so hard to get momentum going in that stadium. And honestly, I picked against the Eagles last week, so you know, and that's why I'm thinking about picking against them this week, just to keep consistent and help the team. <laughs> yeah. But I thought the Giants were going to give them all this trouble because I thought Daniel Jones was going to run like crazy on them. But something, the Eagles at home, their defense just has another gear. And they were able to chase everybody. I, I think they're going to be able to handle McCaffrey McCaffrey's great when you're playing a bad team and you're and basically you have Debo and all these weapons going around and you can't focus on him. I don't know in a close game if that Niners offense gets going. If McCaffrey's I did, numbers were not big last week against Dallas. Yeah, and well, he might have been a little bit hurt. That's but true. The calf. Yeah, I, I'm not really. I'm not, I'm not sure who to be scared of. Obviously, you know I respect that Niners defense so much. I love Fred Warner. I yeah. love Nick Bosa. They're incredible players. But everything it feels like such an even matchup that you cannot. You can't discount the overwhelming impact of that stadium. Um, Two-Ton Tony says, Perloff's white as a ghost. That's just how he looks. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's Perloff <laughs> on a regular day. That's not him being nervous. That's just normal Perloff. Yeah, yeah. It's late January. <laughs> this guy hasn't seen the sun but in months. I'm only nervous about now that I said all that, that it's going to jinx the team because we know that what I say mm-hmm. or do affects the team. Obviously it does. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Uh, okay, let's do... We got to get to some important matters, but we also got some phone calls. Uh, let's go to the phones quickly, and then we'll get to the Aaron Rodgers stuff that we have to update you on. Uh, Ray is in Oregon. Ray, what's up, dude? What are you? What are your thoughts on this weekend? Oh, how's it going, guys? Doing great. Yeah, I just like to talk about uh, Perloff's perspective on Burrow. Like, uh, I know he's a tremendous quarterback, and he's going to do well, but 
I mean, if it wasn't for a 98-yard football or a fumble, we wouldn't even be talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good play against the Ravens. You're yeah, right. I mean, well, one thing, the Bengals didn't need to score again, so maybe they would have scored. I don't think that's the only reason they won that game. They were going against Tyler Huntley. True, and that's why, uh, you know, just like last year when he made a Super Bowl run and the year following, uh, everyone chose Ravens to be the AFC North uh, winner. So, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I know I'm in Oregon, and I grew up in the era in the 2000s where the Baltimore defense was tremendous, and they grew on me, and that's my team. But he still got a vaunted defense to go against the, against the Ravens. Well, they did. Uh, they did beat former Duck Anthony Brown as well. I mean, that's got to count for that's, you, right? <laughs> do you go around bragging about that? I don't think so. Uh, Ray, thank you for the call following the Ravens from Oregon. Uh, Mike is in Oregon as well. Wants to talk about um, Perloff putting asterisks on most, how would you put it, Perloff? I don't want to speak I for can, you. I can, well, it depends. I could put an asterisk next to any NBA title immediately. <laughs> I have name a year. So the regular season doesn't matter and the titles don't matter, according yes, to you. The, All right, the, let's the just NBA close is down nothing but Michael Jordan basically won every championship. <laughs> NFL, I can do most of them. Okay, Mike, what do you think about these asterisks on Super Bowls? Well, let's throw one on Tom Brady uh, because he got bailed out by his defense when the Seahawks threw an interception on the one-yard line instead of giving it to Marshawn Lynch. Big time. Totally with you. Well, good. Uh, (laughs) Wait, you can imagine. You didn't even mention the fact that he cheated. (laughs) 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 Deflategate, Mike. Oh, man. Oh, are you kidding me? Deflategate's the tip of the iceberg. I didn't even know which cheating scandal to go to. (laughs) Well, I mean, Belichick really gets dinged for the other ones. Well, Brady. Spygate still going on, by the way. That's just the ones we know, Maggie. <laughs> yeah, you're no, right. No, I, Peyton I, Manning I, always <laughs> thought that the locker room was bugged. Yeah, right? this is just the big tip of the iceberg. Yeah, no, there's, you could do, right, Russ, I'm telling you, these games come down in balances. Patrick Mahomes' first Super Bowl, that uh, over San Francisco, the yep. win, that was a little fluky, too. San uh, Fran. That was a good comeback from Mahomes. I, like, it I, was, but that game easily could have gone the other way. Definitely. I mean, they were the 49ers were leading in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. Could have yeah, and the then way. Mahomes ran around and threw the ball 60 yards in the air to Tyreek Hill. There's no asterisks on that one. Um, the, no, the better team won that game, but that was really The close. Malcolm Butler at the goal line is an interesting one. But you're, but Brady, before that, had led a... If I'm remembering this right, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I think Brady had led a touchdown drive the drive before that because then Russell Wilson is coming down to answer. I remember yeah. he threw a really nice ball to Tyler Lockett, I believe. No, it was a curse. Oh, it was a curse. Yeah. On the sideline, it was like, oh like my... juggled and like... Yeah. Wasn't like a whole... He juggled Should've and been fell over. The game. I yeah. remember Logan Ryan was on him at the time and it's like, oh my gosh, they're actually the Seahawks are going to come down and win this game. And then Malcolm Butler at the goal line. Okay, let's get to a little bit of uh, stuff actually from from yesterday. So we had Packers wide receiver Romeo Dobbs on the show. Perloff, we were happy to have him. You know, exciting young rookie for the Packers. Great and season. Packers are really in a crossroads here. As we're chit-chatting with him, we start asking about his relationship with Aaron Rodgers. And I asked him this question. Can you give us an outside of the facility hanging out with Aaron Rodgers story? I didn't get a chance to hang out with him, but not one time. He didn't take you guys out one time. um, I mean, as far as being around 12, uh, I'd say possibly it's always been football. So, I mean, in the building, on the practice field, there was never a time where, you know, got the really. All right. So that clip is got around a little bit as things tend to do when people come on our show, but Perloff 
really like Rogers is kind of split here in terms of people who have been critical of him for not, you know, making more of an effort to get to know these rookies. He knew he was going to be relying on them through this season. Um, you know, didn't want to go to the OTAs. That's totally within his right, but never really developed chemistry until it was quite frankly too late for the Packers. So in some ways, Rodgers is getting criticized for this, and others are saying, listen, Rodgers is 20 years older than Romeo Dobbs. Why would they be hanging out at all? What side do you fall on? Yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, he is spending time outside the room with him. And I think Tom Brady would have done that. So I definitely am uh, anti-Rodgers on this one. I understand the 20-year 20, 20 gap. That totally makes sense. I don't expect them to be best friends, but I do expect Rodgers to reach out. I don't totally buy that chemistry thing. I do, but I blame... The, what kind of organization has a Super Bowl contender and is relying on two rookie wide receivers? That's weak on the organization's part. Okay, but once you're Rodgers and you're... Yeah, you're, you're stuck in that a, spot. And you sign the deal. Like, like maybe you, you know, you're hoping that once Devontae Adams leaves that the organization is going to do something about it. But, you know, you knew that Devontae Adams was gone. You knew that they got draft picks for him and you were going to go in with... You know, young team. You ask for Randall Cobb. You got your guy Tunyon. You got your guy Mercedes Lewis. It's not like Mercedes Lewis is thirty-seven. <laughs> I'm just and saying, it's that's he's obviously important to Rogers. So, you're t- is there any other contender who's ever had to rely on a second-round pick out of North Dakota State and a fourth-round pick out of Nevada? It was this was on the organization. I'm sure part of the reason Rogers didn't embrace him. He's like, what's going on here? Yeah, but I, see, uh, I, it is the cheapest wide receiver room. By 50 miles in the NFL. Okay, they have not put enough weapons around. I think they were probably taken a little, maybe caught off guard about Devontae Adams. That's not an excuse. Could be. But I think they were a little caught off guard by that. They also have a really robust run game. So what they may have lacked in the passing game, which I know you have Aaron Rodgers, so you're going to want a good passing game. But they did make up for in having, you know, Aaron Jones and also having uh, A.J. Dillon. So it's not like they were, the cupboard was totally empty there. Well, how did that running game work out when it counted against Detroit in Week 18? Yeah, I mean, that, that there was a lot of things that went wrong in that game. And it's not like Rodgers played amazing in that game either. So here's the thing. I was just, when I when you heard that clip and I was like, wow, he never took you guys out once. That was me, honest surprise. I, I thought at yeah. some point, just because I said this yesterday, but I'd done a show with Bart Scott. He used to have friends, have teammates rather, over on a Monday night, watch a game, you know, watch Monday night football, bond a little bit, you know, it's not oh, like sure. you have to go out in Green Bay. If Aaron Rodgers feels like, you know, he's in a fishbowl a little bit and and that is too much, have the guys over to your house. Like, I was a, I was a little surprised he had never done yeah, that. Yeah, I'm surprised you. I did not expect that answer. I, I'm not surprised, by the way, that everybody picked it up. Because well, it fits this narrative about Rodgers, that Rodgers is a me-first guy. Well, I think it's see. I think the me first is a little unfair for Rodgers. More it's not, of a loner than a me first guy. I, I feel. I think mm-hmm. he kind of feels like he's doing football at like a PhD level, mm-hmm. which you could argue he is. Like he is a he has mastered the sport. And if you're a rookie coming in, well, you've got a lot of catching up to do before we'd be on the same level, right? You know. And so, I guess is that a me first? I think it's well, more just like he's. You never heard of that Rodgers might be a me first guy? <laughs> no, I've heard it. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, I, I think there's a little bit of that out there. Yeah. I mean, me first is that I'm not talking to my family because... Well, see, that's I hate all, to do that, though. I hate to do that. Because, but we anyway, don't know anything about that relationship. There's so that's not much, fair. There's so much about Rodgers that portrays him in that light. And I don't. I actually met him a number of times and thought he was very nice. Yeah. Uh, so I have no idea. You're right. We don't know the first thing about what happened with his family, but... 
there's definitely something. He's like, he seems eccentric. I mean, obviously, he's not totally a loner. Him and AJ Hawk are best friends. He would spend two weeks of the summer living at AJ Hawk's house. He told us a DP show. Yeah. So it's I don't I don't really understand this either. I was as surprised as you were. Yeah, you should have. A, I like what you said. Have him over for a barbecue. Is that that hard? I, I just am surprised. Maybe and maybe loner was the wrong word. You're right. It, Maggie, I think, pinpointed it. It feels like he thinks she's just smarter than everybody and better than everybody. and that they I don't didn't deserve- say better. No, you said better. I'm saying that. I'm not saying better. But that he thinks that he's smarter and better and just more advanced than everybody. The way he talks about the woke media and the way he talks about all these other people and all these other things that people are saying and doing and all this stuff. He just he comes off like just so pompous and arrogant and like... Conceited and thumbing his but that's, nose. That's to you. I mean, that's how you're interpreting it. That's there's how a I'm lot interpreting it. But there's it feels- a lot of Aaron Rodgers people who think that he comes across sounding really smart, and he comes across sounding like he has a good perspective on things. Like that's just your read on it. Sure, but I, I think what I'm what I'm trying to say is between the Romeo Dobbs stuff and all these other stories that we've heard, whether it's his family or the dating and all these, you know, Greg Jennings has spoken out against him for years because of. He was so close to Favre, and he saw how Rodgers was. And there's all these people. There's so much smoke around the Packers organization about these things with Rodgers that eventually you start getting this feeling that, like, there's something about him that just rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Listen, and, I, I, I just want, don't want to confuse the guy having a personality for meaning it's a bad personality, right? Like, he is out there. He's answering questions on McAfee. He's try, I think he's trying to be, you know, pretty forthright when he does it. And, you know, this, I think, is more about knew going into the season that he was going to have to rely on some rookie wide receivers. We knew that they didn't replace Devontae Adams. I think what baffled a lot of us was you're a Super Bowl contender, right? Or you should be. Why wouldn't you be doing everything possible to try to get these rookies up to speed? And that means showing up for OTAs maybe. And that means maybe having guys over to the house. And that means maybe getting to know guys a little bit more. You know, Rodgers has talked about him sitting alone in the cafeteria because he kind of wants to see who will come up and sit down next to him like it's a freaking science experiment or some social, you know, anthropological, you know, thing he's doing. Like, maybe you just go over to somebody and say, hey, can I sit down? Where are you from? And it just doesn't seem like he wants to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think Mike is right, though, about I don't agree with this, but the public perception of what Mike was saying is is out there. I think that's why people jumped on this. Yeah. I think they see this as consistent with... For example, I'm not going to get into the vaccine, but a lot of people portray that as a me first, not a team first thing. Right, because he, he was, ended up missing a game because of that, right? Well, no, it was more because I think he misled people. Well, yeah, but I think he wasn't vaccinated, which hurt the team. Well, I mean, but a lot of guys, even if you were vaccinated, got COVID and had to miss games. But I think it's the it was the immunization. No, no, but the, remember the rules were way different. Right, right. He got to be in the media room with people with not without a mask on. Like there yeah. were different rules for people who had taken the vaccine and who hadn't. And so he got to operate as if he was one of the people who had taken the vaccine, even though he hadn't. But I think he missed a game, right? He I, did miss a game, yeah. Right, where if he was vaccinated, he might not have had to miss that game or something no, along those lines. I think he lines. actually had COVID. I think he had to he miss that game. He probably would have game. missed the game either way, yeah, but yeah. he may not have gotten it had he been had Yeah, I seem to remember. But there was that that narrative, hey, team first guys get the shot even if they don't want to. That was out there. I that, think there's everybody i'm telling you i think people view aaron Rodgers as a, as a me first guy and this seems very consistent yeah no but I, i'll tell you the alternative it took off like wildfire this his quote the alternative of him not going to otas is he might if they had forced him to go to if he had gone to otas he knowing himself might have said i might just walk away 
So <laughs> I, think, I think it was, really? yeah, because I, OTAs are grueling for veteran quarterbacks. They don't want to go in to May and June to Wisconsin. So he might have said, well, if that's the case, and I, he's probably balancing, do I want to play at all? He's like, you can have me, but this is all you're going to get. Yeah, but then like ask yourself, you know, Rogers has said, I don't want to just be half in. I got to be bleep yeah in. It's like if you're, if it's between going to OTAs or like retiring or not. I mean, would you say the same thing about Brady? You know, Brady only started missing the OTAs pretty recently, right? And he doesn't go to them now. He took 11 days off in the middle of training camp. We thought that was very strange for him. We said so. Um, But I get the feeling that Brady, I mean, I don't know if Rodgers is doing this too, but had the guys to Montana, has them over to try to get chemistry with them. I, I, get, I get the feeling that if if it wasn't this situation, they both would have retired. I, I don't think they well, were going to practice about, in, in May. We're talking about two different things, though, right? I guess, like, what this is, is, yes, it's about the OTAs, and I brought that up, and I get it, but it's also about, like, in season. Was there not a moment when you thought, hey, maybe we should go to dinner? <laughs> you know? And, and or come people, to my house for dinner. All these comments I'm reading on social media about it, like, I'm not going to hang out with someone who's 20 years older or younger than me at my office or from my work. Dude, it's not the same thing. You hanging out with your boss who's 20 years older than you if you work in, like, you know, construction or you work in... Insurance, yeah. Insurance is not the same thing as a 40-year-old quarterback hanging out with his rookie wide receiver when his legacy contracts and, you know, franchise are on the line. Like, it's a completely different monster. It just drives me crazy when people try to compare athletes' actions to how they would act in work, too. It's it's not the same. It's not the... it's It's... I totally agree with you on that. It's not the same kind of workplace as our workplace. It's just not. That being said, I would rather do anything than have to hang out with any of you people outside of work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, too late because we're all going to Phoenix together in two weeks. And we're going to be going to breakfast and we're going to be going to dinner. We're going to be hanging out, going to the Grand Canyon. Just not with each other. (laughs) I have to be honest. I have never been in an office where people hang outside less than this one we're in right now. (laughs) In in the history of my whole work life, (laughs) I I was shocked. I was like, what's going on here? I know. It's kind of funny coming, especially coming from Sports Illustrated where like basically like Every Friday, <laughs> oh, it was yeah, a very we, social office. And then came here. It was like, so what are we all doing? And it's like, everyone, hello. Are you changing here? the culture around here? Are you like the new glue guy, Perloff? You walk <laughs> in and you just change the whole culture of the building. I think it's, just a, start hanging it's out. a matter of radio shows that have different hours is the key reason that yeah. that happens. Everyone comes and goes at completely different times, but. I mean, like, what was our, our big Christmas party? We was in the break room. And stuff. Like, we were. We I, even I, go I haven't to it. seen ninety nine percent of these people in a restaurant. Did, did you not? Did you miss Lunar New Year a couple days ago? Where they had like Chinese food in the lobby. We miss everything. No, it was fantastic. We miss everything. All right. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, oh, yeah, man, dumplings I, and, and fried rice. It was fantastic. Oh, I wish I had known. Okay, coming up, we will turn back to the games for the weekend, and specifically the Chiefs and the Bengals, because how will a high ankle sprain impact? Patrick Mahomes, we are so lucky. We're so lucky on this show. We have one of the foremost foot and ankle doctors in this country is going to join us next. This is no joke. We called in the big guns here. Dr. Rock Positano is going to join us next. This is going to be exciting. He will shed light on what Mahomes is dealing with as we go into the AFC Championship game. Don't move. You're listening to Maggie and Perloff. We're across the country on CBS Sports Radio, and we're streaming live, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Come on in and say hello. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back on Maggie and Perloff. All right, Maggie, I've told this story before, but you know what happened to me. I was limping around the office. Yep. And a local doctor told me I needed surgery. Yep. But luckily for us... We have a near Hall of Fame running back in the office. So I went to our buddy Tiki Barber and said, hey, they want to cut on me, but I'm not sure about that. And Tiki says, I got a guy. But, <laughs> Tiki's but, always got a guy. <laughs> Tiki's always got a guy. So I was, I was psyched because, you know, you don't have an NFL running back uh, recommending you a guy. But what happened next was beyond my wildest expectations. I got to meet Dr. Rock Positano, who in my opinion, is the number one foot and ankle doctor in America. He's the director of the Joe DiMaggio Foot, Ankle, and Heel Center at the Hospital for Special Surgery. He's also an incredible author. He has a book, Dinner with DiMaggio, uh, about his relationship with Joe DiMaggio. He has a new book called Street Smart uh, that looks amazing. And he's just an unbelievable guy. Maggie, you are going to love him so much. And we're lucky to have him on right now because the second Patrick Mahomes got hurt, I said, we got to talk to Rock, see what's going on. Dr. Positano, how you doing? How you doing, Pearl? I'm good. That's a very nice, a very nice introduction. You're oh. like you're like a folk hero around here, yeah. Doctor Positano. Like you have your your presence on this show precedes you, but we're so glad we could have you on to talk about Patrick Mahomes' injury. Well, you know what? It's an important part of the sports medicine world, and you know, I I had told Pearl on other occasions. I said, you know, what people don't realize is that there is really no such thing as a simple ankle sprain. You know, people tend to trivialize just how important an injury this is in terms of knowing how to handle it correctly. And of course, in his case, you know, he's got a high ankle injury, which means it's a lot more involved because it deals with bones, ligaments, but particularly there's a ligament that connects the two bones in the bottom part of the ankle, the tibia and the fibula. So it's really kind of interesting to see how this is going to play out uh, when Mahomes is actually on the field, you know, and I was 
speaking earlier with my partner, C.J. Positano, who also happens to be my son at HSS, and we were talking about this. He says, you know, Dad, if they push Mahomes out of the pocket, it's going to be a very interesting game because one of the problems they have is that he's not going to have that, that type of mobility, but particularly to run side to side and also to run front and back. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the Bengals play him and what they're going to try to do to him defensively and strategically. So it's going to be very, very, uh, very interesting to see what happens. Dr. Positano, this, the right, it's a right high ankle sprain, which is the plant foot for Patrick Mahomes. Is he going to be able to really get like full, you know, put his full weight on that plant foot to really get the, you know, what he needs from the, the lower half of his body to be able to, you know, throw the ball down the field 30, 40, 50 yards? Well, look, there's no question about that. He, Maggie, he is going to be slightly impaired. There's no question about that. I mean, he probably will not have that usual zip that he has. We used to call it the Joe Namath zip, where, you know, when, when they would let that ball fly, it would be like a rocket. And I think that's going to be greatly uh, affected. I think if he stays with the short game, he goes to, to, you know, to Kelsey, stays short, short passes, et cetera. I think that probably is, is the best strategic way uh, to mechanically stabilize what may be going on with him. And also, you know, uh, he's very known, very well known for his acrobatic passes. So you may see more of the acrobatic passes, which doesn't require sometimes a lot of these maneuvers. So the answer to that question, Maggie, is that there's no question that he will have some effect, not necessarily in a positive way, on how he's able to get that ball down the field. We're talking to Dr. Rock Positano, director of the Joe DiMaggio Foot, Ankle, and Heel Center at the Hospital for Special Surgery. All right, take us a step back here. When he injures himself over the weekend, what kind of things can the training staff do to get him right in a week? Well, you know, Pearl, that's a great question. I think the most important thing is they want to stabilize the injury. And that usually means bringing swelling and inflammation down, helping to remobilize some of the ligaments, or in this case, that syndesmosis, which is the ligament that attaches the two bones, uh, to pretty much stabilize that area. Ice it down. Keep swelling down. Uh, you know, try to not overextend what he's been doing in terms of, you know, his, his uh, performance and his practice on the field. So I think the stability is the most important thing. They probably would brace him as well, put him in a, either a malleot train uh, or something called an air cast or a, a, a tie-up ankle brace just to keep the area stable. But remember, this injury, uh, it, Pearl, is really more about torque. You know, mm. the problem with a high, high uh, ankle sprain is that it's a torque injury, which means, you know, with, this, with a classic ankle sprain that has to do with inversion, eversion, this has to do with actual torque, which means when a person is moving, that tibia and fibula are trying to stabilize. And when you have an injury of this nature, it will affect his ability uh, to probably, you know, get that type of uh, uh, torque that he needs to be able to throw the ball fast. Or as Maggie has said, you know, what what about throwing the ball down the field? Well, what he'll probably have to do is shorten his stance because, you know, he has an amazing stance, particularly with his plant foot. And we wouldn't be surprised to see if they actually shorten his stance when he's throwing because he will probably need to have more of an efficient push-off, particularly from his left foot, okay? And I think that's an important consideration here as well. 
So, again, but Mahomes is such a phenomenal athlete. You know, uh, Maggie and Pearl, he's really amazing. And I wouldn't put anything past him. I mean, I call it the bag of tricks. I think this guy has more bag of tricks in the sports medicine world than anybody. (laughs) And, again, you know, he's also a thinking quarterback, too. You know, one of the things that you hear about professional athletes, I mean, not to to bring Joe DiMaggio up, but Joe DiMaggio used to always tell me, you know, Rock, more games are won and lost between the years, meaning it has nothing to do with necessarily physical performance. It has to do with knowing how to assess the situation. And I think that's one of the brilliant things that Mahomes, as well as Tom Brady, had, their ability to read things, their ability to be intelligent. I mean, of course, I have to include Aaron Rodgers as well. But, I mean, it's kind of interesting to see how he will be able to put all of these factors together, come out on that field, and be able to put on a very formidable performance. You know, Dr. Positano, last one for me about Mahomes, and, you know, it's something that we've come to, you know, just kind of take as just sort of, all right, any day with uh, with sports, which is putting painkillers and guys injecting themselves with painkillers. We just sort of all assume that Mahomes is going to, you know, shoot up his ankle would you recommend that as a doctor? Like, are you, you know, and do the painkillers change this at all for Mahomes? Like, maybe help him out a little bit? Well, again, if they start shooting up steroids and things like that, that's a problem. Because, look, one of the things you don't want to do, Maggie, is to be able to impair your ability to feel when you're in a lot of pain. Okay, that's, that's an issue. Now, the old-time situation was they would shoot you up with, with cortisone in between periods and things like that. So I, I think I know one of the philosophies uh, in the sports medicine world is to try to stabilize, make the area as comfortable as possible, but also not have that person lose their ability to sense that they're in danger. Uh, again, you know, you know, Pearl and I were talking about you know another issue a couple of years ago with, with Derek Jeter. You know, that was a perfect example where you know here's a guy that was was a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal conditioning. Yet, you know, they made sure that when he was playing after his injury that they didn't make it so that he couldn't feel what was going on in his lower leg. Mm. So it's really not about playing like it used to be. In the old days, they would just want to get you to play so you can go on the field and play. Uh, To to the credit of the sports medicine teams, the uh, athletic trainers, the sports medicine doctors, okay, and of course, the, the in this case, the NFL, I mean, they really do care very much about the, you know, the, the well-being and the future well-being of their players. So, again, this is something that is not uh, necessarily advocated. You don't mm-hmm. want to in any way impair the athlete's ability to feel what is going on. Uh, all right, Rock, before we go, I want to plug your new book, Street Smart, uh, a primer for success in the new world. Who are some of the sports people that you feature in this book about sort of your growing up experience and how to be street smart? Well, of course, Joe D. You know, DiMaggio was the ultimate street smart, brilliant person. I mean, Joe always felt that, you know, always look and always use your instinct. Learn how to feel when something doesn't feel right. I mean, and Joe was an amazing, amazing judge of character, which is why he was such a brilliant ball player, because, again, he had that intelligence that, you know, that far, far transcended the field. So, you know, then, of course, we interviewed Bob Costas, who's an amazing person. I mean, Bob is... Uh, one of the most articulate, uh, you know, journalists I've ever met. Bob gave us some really good pearls as well, uh, no pun intended. And, of course, you know, uh, Dr. Fauci, Tony Fauci came on. Tony gave us some very interesting uh, caveats about how to how to basically navigate 
uh, when things aren't always going well for you, as you know, Tony uh, had to put up with a lot of things throughout his tenure as, uh, as the NIH man. So right. I think the book is very good, though, Pearl, because what it does, it brings these present-day kids who unfortunately didn't grow up like we did. Uh, and it gives them some sense of what, how important it is to be able to use your instincts. Yeah. yeah. And to be the ability to, no pun intended, you know, think on your feet. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the important thing about Street Smart. So it was a really uh, a lot of fun to do. I did it with my brother, John. And we had a blast. And, of course, we also talk about, Maggie, some of the fun things that happened to us growing up as well. You know, everything from going to confession in church <laughs> to, uh, you know, helping play roosters on our neighbors. So it really, in many respects, the book should be very well received. I know a lot of the CEOs uh, who participated, Tony James, who used to be from Blackstone, they all love the concept of the book in terms of it being relevant and very important uh, for, for today's youth uh, to be able to hopefully grasp some of the concepts that we spoke about. Uh, one last thing. So I know you see a lot of professional athletes and the treatment you do on ankles can be painful to people. I'm one of the tougher guys you treat, right? I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, I've only is, cried a couple times. Oh, yeah. You He's have to be He's as tough as a New York Yankee, Andrew Perloff, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> no, Pearl, let me tell you something about Pearl. Well, what, what, what we love about Pearl is that he's one of the most compliant people you'll ever meet. <laughs> I, I, I must say that, okay? You know, and of course, when he told me that, that, that Tiki Barber uh, had recommended him, and actually Tiki, to his credit, had actually reached out to me. He said, look, I know this really, really great guy, and I'm concerned that they're going to operate on him when he doesn't need an operation. Would you do us a favor and see him? I said, of course I would. Yeah. And of course, you know, the nice thing about Pearl is that, you know, he's, now, even though he's a Philly guy, which we don't mind totally, uh, you know, he's, he really has a great perspective in, about sports and the love of sports. And, you know, that's the cool thing about him. And I think Pearl appreciates more now than ever how important feet and ankles are, particularly in the sports medicine. Oh, I tell Maggie every day. Every time. I every said, day. Dr. Positano's a folk hero around here. Yeah. Perloff's always, he's yeah. spreading the gospel. Yep. Uh, congratulations on the book. Thank you for shedding some light here on Mahomes because I think I'm going to change my bet now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, again, it, you know, I think the thing here, Maggie, the big thing is if they could really push him out of the pocket, it's going to be a very interesting game. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, because like long passes aren't are really going to be very challenging. The short game is the way to go. I think, you know, he's going to want to stay in the pocket, obviously, because he's not going to have that mobility to be able to run around the way we normally see him. And I think if he basically makes his stance a little shorter, he'll have more zip. And you know, he'll be able to get some of that zip that he's lost because of the fact that he's lost his plant foot. Wow. Mahomes under passing <laughs> yards just on my DraftKings <laughs> account. Uh, <laughs> thank, thank you, so you Dr. Positano. <laughs> Thanks, appreciate Rock. it. <laughs> See you soon, buddy. Thank you. Hey, guys, thank you for your kindness and have a wonderful weekend. You appreciate too. it. You too. Enjoy the games. You know, actually, Legend, I, I came Posit away a little bit more optimistic about Mahomes there. Really? Well, it just, Dr. Positano painted a picture where you do different things than what he does. So, and you said this earlier in the show, maybe there's an advantage of him getting out quick. He just said if he, if he sort of Tightens his two feet and yeah. says it just gets rid of the ball. It didn't sound it didn't sound like a death sentence for Mahomes' game. What Dr. Positano was saying. No, I mean, listen. If the Chiefs are going to have anything in the middle of the field, when he usually finds Kelsey, it's not usually for forty yard bombs anyway. Yep. It's like right at the sticks or a little bit after, yeah. and then Kelsey bowls somebody over and they get a first down. I mean, we've been watching this now for years. If they can use that short game, you know, it's not like he has to, you know, is throwing bombs to Tyree Kill anymore. We know that's not true. I mean, Smith-Schuster has some speed, so 
you know, they do have some guys on the team who are fast, but. But also, Doc said moving back and forth and side to side is a concern. So if you're the chief. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's if you're be the, a concern. Basically, this becomes a matter of game plan, right? Andy Reid's yeah. got to put him in a position where he's not going to have to do that and they still can do something. You know, but I love that a Rock had a lot of football analysis in with his foot analysis. Yeah, it was good, too. Actually. Full service. He's like, here's how I would call this play. I mean, listen, he's been around many football teams. Yeah, he's obviously. advised many football teams, so he knows exactly what he's talking about. But I, I'm not giving up on the Chiefs here and the the idea that Mahomes could do well. I also thought it was interesting that the doctor might recommend not to shoot it up. Yep. We just Absolutely. sort of take that for granted that guys are going to, you know. Yep. Use painkillers, and uh, they said that might actually do more damage because you can't feel when you're actually in danger. All right, cool stuff. That was awesome. Um, all right, coming up next, the drama surrounding one coaching candidate. Things are getting very juicy. Juicy. Right after this CBS Sports update, here's Rich Ackerman. Maggie Proloff and you hanging out on a Friday. Um, we just talked to Dr. Rock Positano, who is like a world-renowned Foot one, and ankle guy. One yeah. of the foremost foot and ankle guys, uh, foot and ankle doctors, pardon me, in the country. And the New York Giants, the New York Yankees, I mean, he's got a lot of important people uh, as patients. Also, Andrew Perloff, um, <laughs> yeah. who he said your best quality was that you are compliant. Yeah, I, <laughs> which is I, awesome. I, set up, I set up Rock to compliment me. And <laughs> that sounded not complimentary. Anyway, but. <laughs> gave us something to think about with Patrick Mahomes. Basically, you know, it's going to be difficult for him. It's not impossible because Mahomes is skilled. He's smart. He's got the, you know, different arm angles. Andy Reid is like the master of the trick plays. All of that stuff is there, but it feels like, you know, what Dr. Positano said, he's going to have to empty every trick in the bag because that's how much the ankle is going to compromise him. Well, also, you got to look at the Chiefs' improved running game with Isaiah Pacheco. Maybe that's completely transformed the game. And Then you're counting on a rookie. Yeah, but he's looked great. No, I a rookie running back, I mean, running back, you don't feel the pressure the same way. You just get the ball and run. So I don't know if a rookie really matters. That made me think, oh, maybe I'm going to pound the under on this game. Mm. But pounding the under on a Chiefs-Bengals game? It doesn't seem right. No, that I can't do that. <laughs> I, can, I can all the logic in the world and all the... Also, Andy Reid relying on the run game. When push I'll, comes I'll to shove... I'll believe it when I see exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we've seen... We have 23 years of evidence that that's not going to happen. So <laughs> it should be really interesting strategically. Yeah, the guy had Shady McCoy didn't pound the run game. It's <laughs> no. like, it's, I don't know if it's going to happen with Isaiah Pacheco. It might. Um, okay, let's get to it. Uh, we got to check up on our new pal. What the f*** is Sean Payton up to today? <laughs> a lot. Sean Payton. A lot. <laughs> Who was that? Um, so Sean Payton, another round of interviews with the Arizona Cardinals Pearl off. Apparently yesterday they met for like seven hours. It was one Ooh. of those where like a meal's involved mm-hmm. and okay. maybe you're probably watching tape and meeting a lot of people in the building and then he's back for another one. So apparently, according to Ian Rappaport, they're kind of like resetting the Cardinals and Sean Payton are resetting. It's kind of how he put it before they maybe decide if they want to make a big offer to him or if they want to move on to some other coordinators that they're interviewing. Uh, also, what was interesting from yesterday, Mark Maskey from the Washington Post was reporting that there was a snag yeah. between Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos because there may have been an issue that he didn't vibe with somebody in ownership. Yeah. I, mean, I thought there was one guy named Greg Penner who was running this ship. No, for... it's. I think it's Walmart Penner. 
Right, Walton, I know. I'm know. sorry, Walton. Penner. Right, but I, I've read that this guy Penner is doing everything. Yeah. He's very impressive. Everyone keeps saying how impressive he is, Maybe. but I guess there must have been someone else yeah. if this is true. Maybe he's more of a target guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I think that <laughs> wrong uh, time to say it. <laughs> I think that this is not the job Sean Payton came into this process wanting. And if he wants, the Cardinals are paying him twenty to twenty-five million dollars a year. The Arizona Cardinals. Owned by the Bidwills? Really? <laughs> Those Cardinals? Yeah. I mean, I didn't see that happening, but maybe they see Sean Payton. They realize that at a crossroads. They've already spent gobs of money on Kyler Murray. He's a short quarterback. But Look what, you know, Payton did with Breeze. The cupboard is so bare there. I mean, bare, bare. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you, you sign him to a, you know, if you want to get like a Gruden 10-year, $100 million deal, well, then the first or second or third year... Yeah. It's not that crazy. Well, I, I still think, and I don't know, that Sean Payton doesn't want a total rebuild. But this team, the, you look at their roster, DeAndre Hopkins is is still there, but he's old, and he's on the he's trading on block. On the trade block, yeah. Uh, James Conner, of course, is, I'm sorry, how many more years is he going to be doing this? J.J. Watt's gone. They really don't have, they have Buda Baker on defense, yep. but they don't have, they let Chandler Jones go. There really is not a lot of talent here. So I think that's a tough assignment for Sean Payton. They have the number three pick. They have a new GM who's from the Patriots, Monty Austin Fort. I, I just I just can't imagine that this is the job he wants. Well, maybe he's just so itching to get back in that he'll take a job. If but it's it, not Denver, then maybe he can talk himself into Arizona. He did say he wanted a place where he could play golf. Yeah, and actually, remember Cliff Kingsbury's draft pictures where he's in that beautiful yeah, house? That house was maybe really just cool. gets that house. <laughs> so you're right. There's a lot of tempting things about that job. Yeah, so that's the latest with Sean Payton. Also, Perloff with D'Amico Ryan's who now looks like, of course, he's the defensive coordinator for the 49ers and was a longtime great defensive player in the NFL. But maybe a bit of a bidding war? Yeah, it sounds like he's the number one choice for the Texans and the number one choice for the Broncos, if you believe reports. Wow. Albert Breer tweeted that there could be a bidding war between the two teams. You watch him on the side. I mean, it's probably the most impressive unit in this playoff is the Niners defense. Well, think about it. Robert Sala left for the Jets. They got better. Yeah. I mean, no offense to yeah. Salah, he's you know good. Def- he's a good defensive mind, but and of course this means nothing. But you eyeball a Niners game, and they D'Amico Ryan's gets a lot of camera time, and he looks in total control of the game. Yeah, but of course I don't know if we overrate that. But don't you eyeball a coach? Some coaches look totally clueless. Some coaches look <laughs> dialed in. He looks dialed in all the time, even in a blowout. So I I think he's probably going to be a good coach. Uh, let's go to our buddy Francoise in Dallas wants to talk about another coordinator who's been interviewing for head coaching jobs. That's Kellen Moore. What's up, Francois? Hey, what's up, guys? I really appreciate you taking my call, and I want to compliment you guys on letting me talk when I come on. A lot of <laughs> well, we didn't leave you a lot of time now. We're up against the top of the hour. So what do you have on Kellen Moore? Well, really quick, and if you'll put me on hold so I can hear your response, I'd appreciate it. I, I think I just read a tweet by Connor Livesay, and he said he's in a weird place with Kellen. He doesn't think he's a problem, but he also doesn't think he's a solution for the team. I like the latter part of what he said. He's not the solution. He's never <laughs> been the solution uh, because, like I said, he's he's too gimmicky of a play caller, yep. and his situational play caller is just not there. And he went on to say about how, you know, well, there's not a whole lot of OC candidates out there. The OC is already in Dallas, and that's Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy is a tremendous, tremendous play caller. I've watched him probably 10 to 15 games when he's the head coach in Green Bay. I appreciate your time. Yeah, I'm going to put you on hold. Uh, So Mike McCarthy yesterday did say, like, everyone's being evaluated. 
He said yesterday was a really tough day. He had to fire some coaches who he had close personal relationships with, like Joe Philbin and others. And now they're going to move on to Kellen Moore. And he said, we're going to evaluate everybody. And I think a lot of a lot of Cowboys fans are thinking either Mike McCarthy called the plays or you had Brian Schottenheimer, who was like an uh, assist, special assistant who maybe could call the plays too. Absolutely. Now, the interesting thing about what Francois said, are they gimmicky? We came in the season thinking they would lean on that offensive line and run the ball down people's throats. The offensive line had a lot of injuries, as we know. That never totally happened, but, yeah, it's hard to, hard to fire Kellen Moore after their offense was that successful. But I agree, there's something missing. Absolutely. We'll get more into that, of course. Uh, some interesting comments from Dan Quinn as well. Cowboys in the news. And we look ahead to the AFC and NFC Championship game. Can't miss it. It's Maggie and Perloff. Don't move. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.